0: Is there any film of this kind of silly 80s comedy that even resembles
1: no. this ending?
0: There's no. no ending. Up the Creek doesn't end with like a murder suicide <laughs> or anything. Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. <laughs>
1: All right, everybody.
2: It's one fucking hour time. I am Evan Husney. This is, of course, the show where we talk about one goddamn movie for one fucking hour. And uh, we got to my left over here. We got Big T, Tom Fitzg. What's going on, T? Oh.
0: Hey, guys. We are walking headfirst into the 80s, aren't we? Yeah. With this one.
2: Yes, we <laughs> totally are, man. Episode 70s 82. are a distant memory. That's true. We're done with that shit. Uh, episode 82 of course we're gonna be covering a movie from 1982 and with us to do that uh, on my right we got mr marcus herring marcus what's going on man welcome back to the show
3: what's up thank you happy
2: to be here 80s 80s all day
1: mm-hmm. mm.
2: all right and um yeah shout out to uh, last week's episode uh which was uh one fucking hour on blowout that was a lot of fun great response yeah. on that our first Palma. that was a ton of fun but now we are shifting gears into something completely different. Of course, this is a movie that y'all voted on. Uh, y'all voted for, rather, on the Instagram, uh, our Instagram stories, <clears throat> for nineteen, the year 1982, as we're covering tonight. And the winner was this, this fucking basically ran away with the poll. Of course, we went with deeper cut films because we wanted to avoid the big blockbuster year of 1982, of course, you know with E.T. Yeah. E. and whatever, Poltergeist and stuff. But uh, this movie, Last American Virgin, came out on top. So, uh, this will be this will be pretty interesting. Our first boner comedy on the channel, guys. How do you feel? <laughs> I welcome. I'm it. excited. <laughs> <laughs> open arms. Yeah, yeah. open arms. <laughs> as Journey says. Yes.
3: <laughs> I'm just kind of uh, dumbfounded by it. Like, how did? I wish people should leave a comment as to why they voted for this movie. Because uh, I'm really curious. Yeah. yeah explain yeah, your <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: I think I think that Last American Virgin, which we'll get into, I'm sure, does have a cult following. I think it oh, does. Yeah. It was reevaluated, you know, in the mm-hmm. in the DVD, Blu-ray era. So I think we'll be getting into that. Um, you know, but shout out Criterion to Criterion release. Yeah. You never know. You never know.
0: No, <laughs> um, it, it, you're right. It, it is a big uh fondly remembered cult title. Yeah. Because as we're going to talk about, it it distinguishes itself from a lot of um a lot of driving schlockola 80s, you know? Yeah,
2: totally, totally. This is True. definitely a standout, very singular um, yeah. yeah, entry into the teen sex comedy. We'll get into it. But shout out to the runner up episode. Uh, that was uh, I know another one we were really looking forward to. One fucking hour and split image. We're looking at you. Mm-hmm. We'll get to you soon. Yeah. Split image uh, was, because, yeah. you know, I'm, you know, maybe we'll do a series of movies about cults. Uh, down the line. Who knows? A different kind of cult movie, right? Mm. So, um, But thanks, everyone, for voting on that. Really uh, super stoked uh, that you guys picked this one because I think there's a lot to unpack with this movie. Um, But before we get into tonight's uh, episode, I just want to give a quick shout-out to the one-fucking-hour Patreon. If you're listening to this show and you like listening to us talk about movies, well, guess what, guys? On the Patreon, you can watch movies with us because we are recording DVD style audio commentary tracks. And we're gonna be starting something totally new up on the Patreon this week. Uh, It's a brand new series that we have now called One Fucking Hour After Hours, which is basically gonna be bonus episodes that's only available for Patreon subscribers and YouTube moments or slash members. Uh, And starting this week, uh, we're gonna launch our first one, which as you're hearing this now should be up there. Uh, And basically, the After Hours program is going to be us sort of talking more loosely and informally uh, based around a subject that is linked to the episodes that we are covering here on the YouTube channel. And so since tonight's film, uh, Last American Virgin, has deep roots within the infamous film production company Canon Films, we thought it'd be super fun to do a bonus episode, basically a one fucking hour on Canon Films talking about our favorite movies from the catalogs. Um, All of that, uh, we're going to be talking about on that bonus episode, which is available right now up on the Patreon. Or if you're listening to this and you want to join the YouTube channel, become a member, uh, that'll be available to you as well. Uh, It's pretty sweet because we got uh, special guest Rami Bennett and Lars Nilsson from the Austin Film Society who joined Tom and I to sort of uh, go deep and talk canon. Also, let's not forget
0: that Paul Kersey, his character of the Death Wish series, was an architect. And uh, yeah. I just have, it's always awkward when he brings up his career in architecture, which reduces mm. every film. Like they tried <laughs> a little in Death Wish 2 to have him discuss like, well, I'm thinking about, uh, I have another plan for the awning, you know, and having the entryway kind of more open. When it's like, I've really uh, moved more into just killing. Yeah, <laughs>
1: right. yeah. Just
0: yeah. uh yeah,
2: he, death counts. And uh, coming out next week is going to be another uh, audio commentary track that we have lined up, and of course, that is going to be as we told you guys last week uh, the uh, our audio commentary track on Alejandro Jodorowsky's Holy Mountain, a movie so fucking insane that we couldn't contain it in just one fucking hour. We had to watch the whole goddamn two fucking hours of the movie in order to encapsulate how amazing and incredible and one of a kind that insane fucking movie is. So the only way you're going to hear bonus episodes from the show starting now and any of our audio commentary tracks is to sign up on the Patreon or become a member of our YouTube channel. Thank you very much. All right, guys, you ready? Shall we do this? Shall we get into this? Yeah. <clears throat> All right, let's clock it up. Uh, of course, episode 82, as we said. Let's get it in. Here we go. Boom, boom, boom. Clock starts now. Okay. Little synopsis action here on the flick. All right. Last American Virgin. Here we go. Easily one of the more memorable entries in the teen sex comedy wave of the early 80s. The Last American Virgin follows teenage Gary, uh, who you might know from Friday the 13th, the final chapter, uh, actor Lawrence Monison. Uh, who spends his days either at school or delivering pizzas and evenings with his best friends, smooth talker Rick and uh, chubby philanderer David. That's what I'm calling him. Uh, Gary develops a crush on Karen, played by Diane Franklin, uh, one of the uh, all-time on-screen crushes of the early 80s. But before he can successfully ask her out, she winds up dating Rick, who doesn't seem to have any intention of staying faithful to her. The first hour of the film is essentially a plotless string of vignettes with the friends experiencing sexual misadventures involving fake cocaine, angry parents, a Spanish nymphomaniac, an outbreak of crabs, and other pitfalls of adolescence. However, Mm. the stakes are eventually raised considerably when Karen finds herself pregnant and uh, turning to Gary for help, which sets off an unpredictable chain of events that culminates in one of the early 80s most heart-wrenching and devastating coming-of-age ending sequences of all time. Um, And that's what makes this movie super unique. That is The Last American Virgin. But I wanna kick this off to Marcus because it was something you said at the end of last week's episode. Uh, As we were uh, mentioning this as a possible uh, poll option for everyone to vote on, is that you are a scholar in the teen sex comedy (laughs) genre? Dr. Um, Boner (laughs) is in the house. Dr. Boner, thanks. You're on the air. Tell us what's going on. (laughs) Well,
3: you know, we're entering an era where I actually got to experience it firsthand, you know, uh, the 80s. I was, even though I was a child. Uh, just, you know, I got, I have a certain perspective on it, um, as opposed to the sixties and seventies, which I feel like I devoted most of my life into trying to retroactively understand those decades. You know, I have a perspective on the eighties, even though I was a child, I had an older sister who was a teenager. She was one of the John Hughes teenagers perfectly. So I got by osmosis, got a lot of the music, a lot of the films. She was a 16 candles nut, you know, um, and then just being conscious of it, uh, you know, Revenge of the Nerds was a big movie for me. Uh, I'm not a nerd, but I feel like I understand where they're coming from. <laughs> and uh, you know, I so I, I, I always love that movie. Um, and then just, the, but the main thing was the little show called USA Up All Night, uh, uh, hosted hmm. by Rhonda Shear, which mm-hmm. is on. I think from it 10? feels like more of a ni- early '90s thing. It might have gone into oh, the yeah. '80s, but. All right. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried was also a host at one point, but Rhonda Shear is the dope host for it. Right. And it was, it pretty much only exclusively played 80s teen sex beach comedies, you know. So, like, uh, comedies uh, that were shot in like Fort Lauderdale, you yeah. know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember seeing Hard Bodies on there, Hard Bodies 2. And I was just sort of fascinated by how many there were. Just mm-hmm. how many boner comedies there were. And um, so many. It wasn't just me being like a weird person into movies, too. It was since it was on that TV show, a lot of people my age had an awareness of it. And we would just kind of joke around about them at school, you know. And so, um, anyway, so yeah, I, I definitely uh, developed an appreciation. And later on, when I learned about, you know, uh, sites that you could really research and see how deep the rabbit hole goes, you know, like a torrent site or something that might host. 80s underground stuff and it would just I was just floored by I thought I knew boner comedies but boy does it, it goes deeper than you could
0: ever imagine yeah, just the sheer volume
2: yeah yes yeah it's crazy um so these are a big part of your life um very formative it sounds like Tom did you have any formative uh boner comedy uh
0: moments boing yeah I mean uh <laughs> they were unavoidable let's put it that way uh and yeah. um yeah i mean basically here's the weekend when i was uh becoming going towards being a teenager in these mid 80s it's like uh you take uh you take somebody's car you take the bus you go to the gallery mall
2: right okay
0: and one of the activities <laughs> other than drooling over like judas priest albums and saying yes. i wish i had the money to buy this right yes. uh was you go to the movies matinee they're like two dollars or something and so we just saw everything for years uh that just happened to play so, of course, I saw uh, Up the Creek. I saw, um, what was that one? Hot Dog the Movie. I did see oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't even keep track. Hamburger it's like the saying. Motion Picture. Which
3: one? Hamburger the Movie.
0: I didn't catch that one. Uh, but, um, <laughs> shout, shout out to out. my
2: dad's but, friend who uh, edited Hot Dog the oh. Movie. Sorry,
0: Steve, if you're watching. <laughs> Go ahead. Steve, what's up? Hot Dog. <laughs> but like, uh, no, but the, the one moment I will not forget is we saw Porky's. Oh, and um, it was pretty. W- I'm telling you, there were all these other movies, but Porky's really distinguished itself. Uh, specifically, there's that one scene which is odd to describe uh, when you think about it. It's like the yeah. guy put his dick through some kind of like water fixture in the girl's shower room. Okay.
1: That's specifically
0: <laughs> what I'm talking about. So he's just like, hey, girls, like doing you doing And it's like, weenus. Is going through this hole, <laughs> but then the 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 Jesus principal's Christ. assistant or whatever the la- the mean lady, mm-hmm. she grabs his penis and yeah. is holding it like kind of like <laughs> ah you getting you're not getting out of here, but <laughs> like, uh, it looks yeah. almost like she's gonna tear it off. It's yeah. insane. And and if I'm remembering, I haven't seen Porky since like back then. What yeah. I'm saying, when I first saw it. it came out. It's like <laughs> um, it goes on forever, and the audience mm-hmm. was it was a sea of screaming yelling <laughs> laughing hysterically passing out tearing up kids it was <laughs> ill i've never seen oh. ever except maybe borat the nude fight but yeah. i've never seen a crowd fucking <laughs> turned out <laughs> like the scene with the dick being pulled in the shower, <laughs> So I saw the power of it. It was. It was, and it was. It is a pretty wild scene. I don't know if yeah. you guys have seen it in a while. Yeah, yeah. Like, I have. What the there. hell. Yeah. Um, but the whole film is very to fun.
3: Bob Clark, by the way, the Death that's Dream right. director. Because he yeah. directed oh, that.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and Christmas Story, like uh, the following yeah. year. And,
1: <laughs> and Black Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. 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 Shout oh, out Christmas Story.
0: No, both. He did both. He did Christmas Story and Black Christmas. Right, but anyway, so uh, <laughs> Porky's was the most memorable one. But right. like something like Up the Creek, we're like half watching, and you know, it's, sure. And, and then we, then it's always on cable, and we were sort of just half watching, Up the Creek, yeah. getting hot dog and popcorn and surf Nazis must die or whatever. And like, uh, uh, it was just yes. ubiquitous. So yeah. yeah, I was I was very uh, well versed in those. things. Porky's
3: really landed. There was like an Atari game for Porky's, and it would always oh, get it would always wow. get dropped as like. Um, it was shorthand when I was a kid for like bad taste in movies. It was like, we're going to Porky's or
0: I remember Letterman making jokes about it or. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's got one of the great titles like, (laughs) <laughs> like, hey, I heard that porky guy, porky girl and the porkies, porky. Yeah. You know, it's just like uh yeah. very silly yeah. title. What if it was yeah. like yeah, a it, really intellectual it, film? Instead. right, It's like you can't. It's, it is inherently a punchline because it's like, uh, yeah. yes, the double feature night is My Dinner with Andre and uh, and then Porkies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like absurd. Oh, my God. Yeah, um, yeah. My, dinner my Dinner with is Andre, is Andre like makes it. Last a... American Virgin, like maybe like, uh, it sounds borderline. Like, what do we get here? You know? mm-hmm. Or Lemon Popsicle, which we'll get into. What we'll get into. Yeah. foreshadowing i'm just saying like yeah. that sounds lyrical it does. but mm-hmm. uh but yeah Porky's just sounds so brute <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it does it does
2: yeah and you know i'm not i was born in the 80s so i wasn't you know online at all during this time so i didn't i didn't experience this gold rush of these this renaissance this renaissance of these of these wonderful classics i you know came uh-huh. to it i'm unfortunately more the um american pie generation you know, who, who, yeah, who got it? Who got Stacey's it on
1: the, mom, yeah, right.
2: I got the stiffler <laughs> version of this. Oh my god, um, I know, cringe, um, yeah, I know, terrible. but it's
0: it's in the, it's it's it's
1: born it's of the same uh, it is. you know, uh, yes. demon,
0: yeah, um, it's the Brothers same, from it's just a, yeah, yeah, like it was like 15 years later, they went, Hey, let's rehash this, you yes, know, and, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. totally, yeah.
2: So, but I definitely went to a hardcore teen sex comedy school. When I, I mentioned this on last week's episode too, when I started working for Troma, hey, you gotta start somewhere in the film industry. And <laughs> right. I got my foot in the door. And that's and that's how they started, actually, guys, doing mm-hmm. a lot of these teen sex comedies before the, you know, they did the toxic avengers of the world. You know, they did Stuck on You and the First Turn On, you know, these movies in the late seventies and the early eighties. And so I definitely got to, to um to to get to know films like this. I actually released one of the more obscure ones. Which is called "Getting Lucky," which is a high school, uh, you know, mm. teen sex comedy where a kid finds a miniature leprechaun inside of a beer bottle, and uh, it grants him uh, three wishes, and he gets shrunk down into like microscopic <laughs> size Ooh. and uh, he's floating around in uh, in this girl's panties. It's really crazy. Anyway, um, <coughs> so what is
1: "Get Lucky"? <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, I don't know that. Uh,
2: definitely look that up. I actually narrated it's a the trailer. Like it's a little leprechaun, like a little. It's a little leprechaun inside of a beer bottle, and he grants some wishes. And there's these crazy, very pervy <laughs> scenes where the teenage nerd kid gets shrunk down to like tiny size and is inside the panties of the the girl. And they did it all like, you know, they like, built the the you know perspective yeah, yeah. sets and everything. It's hilarious, like the Incredible Shrinking Man. Exactly, of it's <laughs> super crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah, Holy so shit. Okay. I also, wow. I also narrated the trailer for it too. So if you want to check that you on did. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. One remembers high school. The
3: rate I'm going, I'll have enough money saved up for college by the time I'm 990 years old.
2: There's always the nerd. This is Bill
0: Higgins, the new Buckskins towel boy.
2: cowboy. But anyway, um, so that's my experience. But this movie, Last American Virgin, let's get to it because this, as I was kind of going in my journey with through movies, becoming a cinephile um, and getting into, yeah, rediscovering films from other eras, it was like this one was always, to me, uh, known as being a real gem because it wasn't like the others. It wasn't like, you know, these other films. It had other qualities, it, 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 it mm-hmm. went other places, it had other tones. Um, oh, yeah. And a lot of people, you know, obviously the most legendary thing about the movie is its gut punch ending. It has that, which you know, basically two thirds the way through the movie, it sort of segues and becomes more of a coming age, a coming of age movie than it does really a teen sex comedy. It kind of abandons that and goes full on yeah. for the drama and the heartbreak and everything. And I was reading somewhere uh, just in prep for this that um, someone was reviewing this movie, like reevaluating this movie and uh, talking about how this is really one of the only movies in the teen sex comedy boner genre where its lead protagonist has the yearning, has the has the aching for the woman, you know, because most of them it's just the guys want to get laid and that's it. But this really sure. gets into love and heartbreak and getting into where, it's, where you really feel right. that connection between, you know, one guy and uh, of course, you know, uh, the girl, the lead. So like that sort of longing kind of concept.
0: So, and it's crazy, man. Well, it's like man. first heartbreak, you know, there's like first, first love, heartbreak. but then there's like yes. invariably like first heartbreak. <laughs> Right. And that's not what you'd expect when you saw this film's advertising. You know, like the poster, probably the trailer. I haven't yeah. seen it, but you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and, um, yeah, and and also, the, like you're saying, the first two acts, uh, they, they hint at a more melancholy resolution, maybe. But like the first yeah. two uh, acts of the film are just like, you know, it's almost like Mexican television or like Italo, italo comedies. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or totally. Like, it feels very
2: like, yeah, like foreign. Yeah, like my, does, my, yeah. That
0: substitute teacher's quite fetching you know like i'm gonna pick up my pencil (laughs) to look at her legs you know it's that kind of thing Um, great dumb is what i'm saying yeah it
2: is it is and it kind of goes from being very pervy shocking and uh gross and you know all the way to like a francois Truffaut ending you know or something you know like it becomes like (laughs) stolen kisses or something for a second there Um, you know, so, um, and of course the last thing I'll say is the, 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 I'm, I'm definitely more versed and I have more reverence for the coming of age genre. I mean, that's really my shit. Like movies like, you know, little darlings and things like that. And this really goes into that territory in that last 20 minutes. I'm sure we'll spend a lot of time talking about, but what a crazy tone. I mean, it goes from degenerate to kind of horrific, which we'll get to. Right. In the, like, you know, prostitute scene, sex worker scene. Yeah. Then it gets to, like, it's cute. Dark. gets dark. It goes then to cute. And then it goes mm-hmm. to gut punch sad. So it really has a wide range yeah. of, of tone yeah. that this movie yeah. Yeah. kind of goes for. So, um, but maybe we should get into the backstory of this production because it's that's also yeah. interesting and very unique. I think that uh, explains the weird tone, you know. It does. Exactly. It, you know. Exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: Yep. hundred percent. So, so the film is directed by uh, Boaz Davidson. I hope I'm saying that correctly, but um, you know, this, the, the events in this film, not only are based um, on his own experiences uh, of confronting, a, you know, sort of a cycle of adolescent turmoil that he went through. Um, uh, but it also was the subject of a film he made in Israel <laughs> in 1978 uh called lemon popsicle so the last american virgin is essentially a remake of this film he made
0: in israel um that was a huge just to be hit. clear yeah uh if you watch them back to back it's almost shot for shot you know and like yeah. it's like the same it's like psycho 98, 98 style almost. right it's like the <laughs> same dialogue you yeah. know yeah uh like uh they didn't veer from it um hardly at all which is very strange because I. It is. I saw them in pop like many years later and I thought oh you know like they did an interpretation you know the usual kind of remake concept where it's like oh you know like like they threw out like this middle part no it's like um like it's like yeah. almost like a weird exercise like second 98 it's just like um yeah and yeah. Uh, it's funny that that uh, that they committed to that yeah uh, because again as we were saying tonally um, that's where you get that those odd shifts because this film the original film lemon popsicle has its own uh rhythm that is not based on like the you know grindhouse product right. of american yeah mm-hmm. right right it's a
3: weird like almost watching them together is almost like a weird sociological experiment or like a comment on like the cyclical nature of time or something because it's like yep. this story happened in 1950s israel and then 30 years later it happened again
1: yeah. This time in Los Angeles. In San Fernando yeah. Valley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: And we should we should be clear with that because Lemon Popsicle is set in sort of a nineteen fifties Israel. As we said, it's autobiographical. But just to give it some context into how successful this movie was when it came out, okay? That it's it's estimated that it sold over one point three million tickets in Israel. Becoming instantly the highest grossing Israeli picture in history at its time. And it's estimated that half of Israel's population came to see it in theaters. So it's just it was a huge hit. And that, of course, is the the reason why they tried to just, well, copy it. Let's just Mm -hmm. redo it for the English language market. And
0: yeah. it, it has it
3: nine even, sequels. So they're yeah. like, I'm sure they were like, yeah. All right, we're gonna this is gonna be a hit and we're gonna make nine more of these things. And and they Three. were
0: hits, you know. I think some of the other sequels are even almost as big or bigger. But mm-hmm. just to be clear, like, and this is all very strange and fascinating to me, is it played all through the world. Like we're talking like it played South Africa, it was a huge hit in Germany, Russia, Korea, you know, really. And like all over the world, huge, killed, 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 box office monster. It played, guess what, everywhere on earth except the united states of america yep. i don't quite still understand why um but i, I think i do because distributors in america are probably like no f- nobody's gonna fuck with this shit that you're showing No one's here gonna read like it
2: yeah like at a subtitle. yeah exactly. the <laughs> dubbing
0: would be bad and stuff right, so, right like yeah so and also it looks a little it looks a little downbeat like it looks what I'm, what I'm trying to say is i think that sometimes i could take an italian movie a sex comedy and dub it and they might be able to get away with it, feeling like with an yeah. American accent, sure. you know, like mm-hmm. it sort of might seem like it's a teen mm-hmm. movie uh, from America. But this yeah. film, there's no hiding that this is from fucking Israel. You yeah. Know I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. too alienating for like you know Joe Bob. In, yeah, uh, the drive-in and right. you know, making Georgia, right. you know, right, right. It, is so it didn't and even try
3: just because the fifties were kicking so hard in the seventies, you know. If they were never
0: pl- if they yeah. thought it would do well, it would have played in America, but it just never happened. So, which is odd because the whole world is having this experience with this film, except everyone in America.
2: Get this though. So the only success that it really had in America, Lemon Popsicle, that is, is that it was nominated for a, a Golden Globe Award for Best Foreign Language Film. And uh, it lost, though, to Igmar Bergman's
0: Autumn Sonata. <laughs> wow. How fucking and weird And we think is our that? polls are crazy. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah exactly. Uh, Just the fact funny. that this I, movie brushed
2: alongside I, of Bergman is insane. Go ahead, Marcus. I love that. it. It yeah. is weird.
3: Another, I guess another success that it had here was that, like, it's kind of like that weird Sex Pistols quote. I think we brought it up in the show before where it's like not many... Wait, was it? Oh no! What band was? It? Oh, Velvet Underground, where it's like yeah. nobody went to see them play, or only a few people went to see them play. But those who did started like All made their the start uh, started the their own band or whatever. Right, it's kind of like that with this, where it's like this movie's inspired so many people. I mean, we'll get into it later, but yeah, inspired so many movies in the eighties. Yeah,
2: and- yeah, no, totally, and it it also brushed alongside another huge uh, part of, I guess, we could also say American film history, especially American genre film history, and that is the legendary infamous exploitation, (laughs) low-budget film company, Canon Films, has origins Mm. dating back to this movie, this project as well. Uh, The story goes, I guess, when Lemon Popsicle played in Milan during the MeFed film market, um, the uh, Canon Films uh, producer Yoram Globus uh, remembered people getting up to leave a half hour into the movie. And it wasn't because they were, you know, they were walking out. It was because people were were basically running to grab the film rights to it, you know, and that's... Oh, shit. I, as a film buyer, I've experienced that too. Sometimes you're like, yep, this is good enough. We got to fucking go. Let's go, you know, and try to right, buy, right, right. buy the rights. And so that that's exactly what, uh, you know, what, what, what would happen. And uh, Canon Films... Uh, basically, you know, got involved in acquiring the rights to make it into an English language American production. And for those who don't know, you know, Canon Films would go on to make, you know, weird films like The Apple, New Year's Evil, you know, a lot of the Chuck Norris. 3. Death Wish 3, a lot of those crazy My films. My personal favorite. Yeah. And sometimes they could get behind a prestige film like they did Runaway Train, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. They would get up behind a random Godard film here and there. Very weird film history. But, you know, this particular film also is kind of the Lemon Popsicle is like the most direct link. To also the owners of Canon Films because they're also Israeli, so it is a huge right. kind of part of you know their history and this movie's history. It's just a fascinating. I mean, it kind of made them. I mean, they it did. They, yeah. they
0: had a they had a lot of cash influx with this one. So yeah, the, yeah. This um uh Canon was was built on the shoulders of uh, of one movie, Lemon Popsicle. It's that consequential, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I it's guess crazy. they they uh, they uh well, so what happened then um to get us to the film we're talking about today.
2: Well, so yeah, so basically they, you know, they they decided that since it wasn't a success in the US market that let's let's remake it. And as you said, it does feel like a shot for shot remake, but they also did incorporate some scenes from some of the sequels, so it kind of has Like, greatest hits of the Lemon Popsicle series is also on display in Last American Virgin. And they decided to update it uh, to get away from the sort of 50s retro nostalgia and to bring it into the sort of, you know, burgeoning new wave scene. So, uh, and of course, we'll get into it. The music in this movie, which is pretty much almost wall to wall crazy crazy <laughs> score i mean by today's metric that this would be like a 20 million dollar uh, yeah, you know uh music right bill you know for that right, like the hit bad. after like, hit like you
0: yeah. too uh i mean i don't I, this might be the first time you too is heard in a movie I was
1: on the it's crazy you know, uh, like, yeah. i will
0: follow right i will follow yeah um, yeah, yeah. Which is well, the way I look at it too is just like, it's a very hip soundtrack. I don't know who did the music supervision, but like, I mean, uh, Valley Girl, which came out two years later, was yeah. kind of hip too. But totally. like, um, like you know, uh, Fast Times of Ridgemont High, it was still a little mired in like kind of like a uh, you know, kind of like um, what's, who's that fucking guy? Um, you know, like uh, ah, you know, like it's a little more seventies, like mm-hmm. Eagles ish kind of. this uh, cashmere's uh, in it, right? Yeah, it's just still 70s, basically. Right. But this film, like, someone really was hip to, like, what do you got? Devo. <laughs> we got Oingo Boingo. Yeah. Um, the Cars. Uh, the Cars. Uh, wait- the Waitress. Yeah. yeah, the Cars. The, the wait- Waitresses. I know what were boys like. I mean, that yeah. was Juan made D. to be. Yeah. yeah, that was made to be. All these were made to be in uh, teen sex comedies. You know it is I mean? pretty like,
3: weird because even like I've noticed a lot of times in the uh, you know maybe John Hughes would pick a song that people connected with people or something, but a lot of those movies they pick like B sides or filler tracks. Even Valley Girl's got cool songs on it, but it has uh, you know some like bands you don't know or whatever. Like they must have shelled out for this, you know. Yeah. And The the original the Lemon Lim- Popsicle has a ton of hit songs too. From the 50s, you know, really big songs, Chantilly Lace and, you know, like mega hits. So I think they must – it must have been in front of their mind was like, you know, this movie needs a lot of great big Mm, songs in it to capture the era, you know.
0: Um, Lemon Popsicle was also a hit as far as a soundtrack. Yeah. Like like that was a high volume. Like that was for a lot of people, yeah, it was the sex comedy stuff. But like really it was the soundtrack really ran away too. Yeah. And and, and it was – uh, it, it was uh, it was like very integral to the like it, there's no lemon popsicle without that '50s rock and roll score. Yeah, it it's feels incredible.
3: deliberate. Like it feels deliberate. Yeah. Like they were like they needed to get you know big songs in this or whatever. Where other people might be like, well, we could get away with like no, but just, just a to throwaway match track. By a what a local they did
0: successfully know. with lemon popsicle, like yeah, because same model. They, they saw the value. You know, like yeah, they were yeah. like, uh, yeah. this is in, it, it, this is like what are what is a kid in 1957 the equivalent kid listening to in 1982 mm-hmm. yeah and it's fucking whip it you know or whatever yeah. Devo. yeah
2: and it drops like two or three times too like it's yeah, not I know, I like, like, like they're chintzing on you know the usage they definitely get their money's yeah. worth um yeah. mm-hmm. but it also has the soundtrack while we're talking about the soundtrack it also you know it, it has i don't fucking um the ario speedwagon track drops pretty hard mm-hmm. in this <laughs> You know, um, but I'm it also has
1: keep, that on keep on loving, loving you.
2: you. <laughs> yeah, and it also has, um, you know, the '80s R&B flavor as well. It's got the.
1: You know, oh I No. I did B- my best, yeah. but I guess I wasn't, wasn't good, good enough. enough. I did my best, but I guess my best wasn't good enough. Cause here we are back where we were before. Yeah, <laughs> and, and <laughs> it's got I love
0: James Ingram, right? Yeah. <laughs> All the kids
3: were rocking that. Back yeah.
0: then. Well, we we did talk about this before. I mean, you're at the party, you dance to Devo mm. and Blondie, but the make-out, slow dance stuff. Yep, it still was. It was half Journey and like open arms, yeah. but also R and B would happen because you got to listen. You got to make out to something, and yeah. I can't really think of a lot of like make out new wave. It's quite at work. Right, you
2: know? right, right. <laughs> And you got the Commodores on there, and so it's just an incredible yeah. soundtrack. It's 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 so amazing, um, and and really does like this movie. As we said earlier, feels like you know the '80s are coming in hard now. Mm-hmm. You know, in the movies, the especially we've been like covering, yeah. Yeah. like you know, since we've been doing this whole exercise going from '67 now to '82. It's like here are the '80s, you know, and you can see it These Yeah. Are the fashion.
0: It, Ge- yeah, geometric yeah. fashion yeah
2: yeah
3: it really electric. controls like the mood too I think the the mood the mood, the music it's almost like how star wars has these music cues that let you know how to feel you know the, the tracks in this are definitely like yeah. controlling your your mood and I think it has a lot to do with like how much fun this movie is to watch you know totally of course oh. spires. you know are you, are you ready for the sex girls <laughs> <You know?
1: laughs> yeah are you ready
3: I know. Wow, also in Revenge of the Nerds, by the way. But oh, like, um oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all—it's yeah. a great—it's always used as a punchline. It's so fun. It's like, like
0: a, a fun song, classic music cue. Yeah. Well, I mean, just that—that that, uh, chorus, like, <laughs> yeah, it's so. Like, we really aren't cusping or anything. We are like knee deep in the 80s. Like, yeah, like, like that kind of stupid, like, sub sparks, like arched, like, yeah, yeah, guys. Like, I'm going to do it, aren't you? Yes, I'm going to do it too. You know, it's like that is not 1978 style at all.
3: Totally. These guys wanted to be sparks for sure. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What are the so, gleaming spires? The gleaming spires. Wow. Yeah. You know, there's also that moment where um the cars drops really hard and since you're gone, like it skips the beginning, just like boom, since awesome. you're gone. I didn't Evan, I swear you texted us like three weeks ago saying like that this car song was amazing. Yeah. And I was like when I was <laughs> rewatching was this, I was like, I wonder if it was yeah. connected to this
2: movie. No, it wasn't. That was oh, a different one. It was a different I car song. So. But I, I was I was listening to the cars recently and just being like, Yeah, these guys knew how to fucking Put a song together man like absolutely uh, for sure um but yeah so let's should we talk about just some of these scenes in this movie because like the movie starts out it's so weird how this movie plays out because it is kind of like these vignettes the plot is it like there's nothing driving the story forward really we're kind of we're kind of stuck in these weird scenes where you know these these three friends of course very troped out in terms of their roles. I mean, you have kind of the good-natured kid. You know, we were talking about Gary. You have sort yeah. of the cocky, you know, arrogant, You know, his, his buddy Rick. And then you have the heavier set one.
0: It always feels yeah. like there has to be a heavier set one. There's always there's... the fat guy. Yeah, yeah there's and, always. Uh, and I'll tell you yeah. how to, to, to realize that there's a fat guy character is look at their um, cafeteria lunch plate. Yeah. And uh, it has like three chocolate milks and like five hamburgers. (laughs) uh, Sure enough, (laughs) of course. That trope is exercised in this film. The guy's lunch (laughs) is like abnormal and crazy. And uh, so they really hit that trope really hard. Like uh, the big guy. But I like the big guy. I mean, he's uh, good natured and he's, you know, down for whatever. And uh, I think what I'm saying is like, He's overweight, but it's also like uh, the other trope is that he's just like the fun-loving guy, which I guess sort of John John Belushi Animal House-ish,
2: you know? Sure, Mm -hmm.
0: that's what I was thinking, yeah.
2: Yeah, he's super confident, though, you know, despite that,
1: you
0: know, like... Yeah, it, right, it, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah. he's not overweight and just like sitting in a corner. He's like no where the party at? You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He's
3: actually more fun than the than the lead character. You know? Uh, like he's you getting think? more selfish. <laughs> yeah. I think <laughs> everybody is
2: more fun everybody than the is. character. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, but then so then like, I don't know, to me, maybe this is a good place to start, like, you know, it's pretty paint by numbers in terms of the teen sex comedy scenes that we're getting, you know, trying to get with the yeah. girls at you know, when the parents aren't home and scenes like that, yeah. yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But then it gets into this crazy sequence in the locker room. And of course, there's always a locker room in any one of these <laughs> movies. And it gets into this sequence where the nerd, another trope, but you have this weird, confident nerd who, uh, um, a, who basically proclaims that he's got the biggest wang out of anybody right. in the locker yeah. room. Um, subtrope su-
0: subtrope yep. on the nerd trope yep. is the 35 year old teenager <laughs>
1: uh, that
0: guy doesn't even look close to young it looks no. like he's paying off a mortgage yeah and i love that <laughs> like the 35 year old teen that's uh, a prerequisite the film. But, with these but uh, yeah. that's uh, one a of lot my, of th- that go ahead that, i was but, just gonna say that nerd is is one of my favorites he yeah he kills yeah. It
3: a lot of times the nerds are super confident because they lack the ability to pick up on social cues you know like Eddie Deason's characters whenever he's a nerd he's always very confident right. in his opinions or whatever right but mainly because he doesn't he can't read the social cues that so people want right. him to go also, away also it's
0: hopeless it's just like I'm a nerd forget <laughs> it I'm not even going to try to like yeah. <laughs> gratiate myself with the g- yeah. girls or anything yeah, it's like, yeah. Well, You know. But like, <laughs> so there he no. is but like right off the
2: bat though he's like I got the biggest wing here among all you guys and then it basically gets into this crazy scene where everyone's busting out their wangs, and we're gonna
0: measure to see who's got the biggest no 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 no, no. wang. Please elaborate. Okay, if <laughs> if on paper, like you saw the script for instance, or something, you <laughs> thought, or, or or just a description, like uh, they like you know measure each other's genitalia. All right, okay, no 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 no, erect. They are fully (laughs) engorged in their uh, underwear. And so... The uh, the guys measuring are handling.
3: Yeah. Yeah, And it's very
0: graphically shown. And it's like, they obviously had to keep fluffing themselves. Because they're waiting in line to get measured. So it's like, I, mean, I got to fluff up. I'm next to le- next year, you know. Like it's like what is going on? Like and, and you guys remember like, doing that back in high school, right? Oh, who didn't? Who didn't? Yeah. But like uh, no, but it's like uh, close-ups, you know, of like um, like weenuses uh, fully, you know, <laughs> yeah. fully sailed, and um, in like white shorts, and it's yeah. just it's just like many shots of that, and it's like that's pretty outrageous. It like, is I outrageous. I see, no. I mean, that's the definition of a boner scene right there it is
2: yeah. and it's like <laughs> the the two lead characters then at the end of the line facing the kids like at a desk like you know ready to make notes and stuff and like mm. it's just like so many times in this movie, uh, all the kids are examining each other's genitalia and it's mm-hmm. crazy. And, and that to me screams, you know, not an American film, you know, it Absolutely. Fe- it, yes. you know, like exactly. you would never see that in American film. Exactly. So right off the well, bat, yeah. it's like, wow, this is crossing some boundaries. Go ahead. Sorry. No, and yeah, sure not enough, just American
3: film, but just American culture, you know, it's like yeah, not yeah, that we can identify with. Yeah, so it
2: reflects.
0: Uh, People in Italy are doing. There's a that bunch call. of things like that. I guess it is well, just wait, wait, from adapting. Hold on. So just to be clear, just to mm-hmm. talk about how like this uh, is really almost shot for shot. You might think like, did that happen in Lemon Popsicle? And every <laughs> bit of what we're describing happened in a 1978 Israeli movie. And my, I'm just gonna say my vote for like the moment that the guys ran over and said, "I'm buying this film," was after that scene, which is early <laughs> on in the film, because it's it's it is. It's outrageous in 2023. It's yeah. crazy, you know. It is crazy. Right. And that's—I think that is what right. put Lemon Popsicle on the map. That early scene in the first ten minutes, because it's an insane set piece. You know, like no one—I can't think of anything like that uh, no. before mm-hmm.
3: it. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the sex stuff is feels like hard to identify with. You know, totally. like from an American perspective, like you wouldn't go out with your three buddies and all bang the same prostitute. <laughs> You know, like uh mm. I it just it doesn't feel like something that happens here, but then it happens in that movie. So I always and in Lemon Popsicle it happens as a memoir of what happened you know, of the nineteen fifties. Right. So I was sort of wondering like is this something that like you know in Israel they can identify with, generally speaking, you know, like or is it something from the is it a relic from the past era, like in the fifties if
0: things were more you know, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't like, know if it's localized to Israel. I think Yeah. America's the outlier. Here, Definitely, and I think that I that's not that's probably not uncommon, right? Not 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 throwing shade on anybody or don't mm-hmm. judge me or anything, but the, I could no. see that happening in like Brazil, you know? Yeah, like, but like yeah. That's, th- I think yeah. more we're prudish and a little weird and uptight yeah, here.
3: Yeah, that's true. It does happen like in uh, Biloxi Blues, you know, that Neil Simon play. They all go to the same prostitute or something. But that isn't war, yeah, you know. But, uh. <laughs> I <haven't seen> <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I also think, too, it's kind of like there are cultures who are like even like, well, my kids turn 14. I'm going to send them to, you know,
0: the yeah, prostitutes. Exactly. Make them a man, exactly. you know. I think there's a huge cultural... America's just prissy and weird, and like, uh, yeah, you know, we're too good for that kind of guttural stuff. Although, yeah. I'm sure that stuff would also happen, yeah, in more lower class, quote unquote, sure. places in America, sure, too. sure. It's just, but it ain't that's true, suburbia, San, uh, San Fernando Valley, no, uh, mode. no, so it seems so, weird in this film's context, yeah, right.
2: So, then, you know, so then we sort of meet, you know, this melancholy figure, Gary, the, the lead character, who's painfully awkward and you know he falls in love with Diane Franklin's character quite easily love at first glance and um it's it's so like hard to watch him in the beginning when he's just like you know driving her to school and he's like how about that big meatball
0: sandwich you know, I know. how about a big meatball sandwich uh, no thanks I just had breakfast
1: it's she's like, like oh, I just oh, had oh. breakfast. It's yeah, the morning. Like, oh, you don't want like know. a sub
0: <laughs> with like three meatballs. <laughs> yeah, He's, he really that. is. He's pretty hopeless. Yeah, yeah he is. God bless I mean, him. He's our protagonist.
2: Yeah, he is. He is, and and so we we sort of follow with him. Is there something you are going to add onto that? Some meatballs? Oh, I was going to
3: say shout out to Diane Franklin for being like kind of an '80s mm-hmm. girl. You know, she's in um better uh, off dead. Better off dead. You know, she's yeah. the French mm-hmm. um, exchange student. And then she's also in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. She's like yeah. the, right. one of the princesses. She's also
0: yeah. like uh, I think the same year, like in the super gnarly Amityville Two. That's right. Uh, yeah, that's right. So bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. She's pretty wild. I think uh, she doesn't have a nudity clause. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, in,
2: in, in Not at all. No. Um, and so, uh, but really, one of the, like the other, just crazy set pieces, as we alluded to earlier, is. The, the three friends getting together, it happens twice in the film, going to basically essentially all bang the same woman. Uh, and the first of which is this kind of like very culturally insensitive portrait of a Spanish woman yeah.
0: um, that they <laughs> Almost all... Almost like Cheech and Chong level. It is, it is, yeah, it's bad. It's sort of
3: like bored, middle-aged housewife, like Mrs. Yeah. Sexually Rapacious, like well, that's Mrs. An, Roper or like well, It's not another trope. Yeah, is it's a, a trope. stock character. Yeah. Well, and Big then uh, Stifler's
0: uh, mom,
2: totally.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: She's,
1: yeah, his totally. mom's got it going on. <laughs> milf, it's Milf, yeah.
2: it's Milf time. Milf time. Mm-hmm. Um, no, 100 hundred, hundred percent. But that's contrasted by a scene later in the film, which is under the same sort of pretense. But man, is it dark and disturbing. It's I like know. <laughs> where you know, basically, just like the mood changes. You know, Gary's getting angry. Uh, about Rick and 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 that the fact that his best friend is sleeping with his crush, you know Diane Franklin, mm-hmm. and then a, he 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 decide, he gets in a weird headspace where he decides to appear to be more badass, saying that he's been sleeping with this gnarly sex right. worker on the corner, and uh, <clears throat> they basically all go out there, and the scene is really grim, and it's like there's like flashing red lights, and um, and like she basically humiliates Gary. You know, and yeah. it's really uncomfortable and and she's trying to fluff him in
0: the scene. It's oof. Yeah. it's well, really and, and let's just put this in context too. like, you know, a lot of people, you know, we all think of this film where like the ending is crushing. Yeah. But I, I was pleasantly surprised like there's some um, breadcrumbs to get to that crushing final moment in the film. Like, for instance, um, around this part of the movie, he gets very drunk at a party, yeah, you know, and he's seeing, uh, you know, his crush and his friend and they're, they're hooking up and, and, you know, and kind of, uh, feeling each other kissing. Up. Yeah. And he gets like embarrassingly drunk and I yeah. love embarrassingly drunk party scenes. Yeah. And I, my, my, my soul was like, Oh, can we just have more of that? Because that was underrepresented in the early eighties too. Cause it's sure. not flattering. It's not very cool. Like yeah. no one's like, let's go to a party and like embarrass ourselves yeah. and say You're weird right. things mm-hmm. like tell her I really like, love her, man. You know, it's like, it's not a good look. You're right. So it's not a fun fantasy dream thing. So just for me personally, I'm like, God, can you stay more here? Because I was done with it by the time the another sex romp thing happened. Right. Because I was, I was I'd been settling into like his uh, basically his character, you know, and uh, he has been drinking a lot. And to, back to what we're talking about, the, the prostitute, he's getting very drunk in the prostitute scene. And after uh, he has this misadventure with the prostitute, he's like almost throwing up. From like I was going to say and, that. I was yeah. going to say
2: that real quick. The scene is just bookended at the end after the grim encounter that he has with her. Yeah. He basically is like dry heaving in the corner. And it's like, yeah. This, yeah. like, like this movie's becoming like Christian F or something for a minute. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's like in the San Fernando
0: Valley. Yeah. yeah I know. Like I love it's like, that.
2: what the fuck? Go ahead, Marcus. Also, uh, uh,
0: just a, a tiny little thing about the uh, like mind, tonal Marcus. shift subtleties, more in the middle, yeah. lasso thing it's just right this part of the movie um uh he, you find him later just sitting all alone at the pizza shop you know that's yeah. just like two hours earlier was populated by everybody in town but then yeah. he's sulking there at like 145 in the morning and like right. those little notes struck are really nice really know? nice
2: yeah marcus what were you gonna say
3: Oh, I'm still talking about the prostitute scene, and I don't go back on what I said earlier about that not popping up in other movies because I'm just remembering that there is a prostitute humiliation scene in Porkys, actually, where the uh, they were gonna all go, right. the four guys all go to the same prostitute and she humiliates right. them. I mean, Porkys, I think, is definitely like, yeah, inspired by lemon popsicle, you know, um, yeah right. right.
1: Right, Def- has so it's sort of like same- the
3: redneck yeah. version of yeah. Instead definitely. of making it set in you know San Fernando Valley, they set yeah, it in like, you like, know, like Florida. Florida.
0: Yeah, yeah, because it's the same year uh as 81. Version, right, it's 81. Oh, it's a year yeah. before. Oh, okay, yeah. it's right. a year before. Right. Okay, so it's yeah. lemon popsicle influence. Yeah, you know. It's well, weird. anyway,
2: I'm. I'm, I'm okay.
3: oh, go ahead. I was, I was going to jump just for a second to talk about just this this era for, like, movies in the 80s, you know? Because, like, cause like you, 81, Fast Times came out in 81, too, which yep. also has a similar vibe, but it's not as horny as this one, you know? And I think, like, the horniness is what sets aside. Sets, like, Lemon Popsicle and yeah. uh, Last American Virgin, like, and just the boner comedies in general.
1: Right. But Fast yeah. Times
3: is a weird thing, too, just, like, that origin... Sort of like Cameron Crowe was like went un, under undercover in high school to become a high
0: school student or something, and then he was wrote only a about twenty-one and, years old, right? Right. So young as a writer for Rolling Stone, you know, it's crazy. Right. He could pass as a high school student, yeah. But it yeah. feels weird.
3: Like Fast Times at Ridgemont High sounds like a headline for a Rolling Stone article or something, you know? Like it sounds like it is. You can kind of see how that is still part of the seventies, like you said.
0: Yeah. But this just feels I like you, mean. you know.
3: I don't. know, It doesn't. Last time doesn't feel as connected to the boner comedies, you know. As
0: yeah, this one is obvious. It's not. It's not one. It's it's, it's not. not. No, yeah. it's, it's not. a different animal. No, like, um, and actually, the only sex in the film, other than the weird fantasy that, uh, you know, the what's uh Judge Reinhold is having, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's the fantasy <laughs> yeah. uh, with Homegirl, but otherwise, yeah. yeah. There's like you know, yeah, yeah. An accident, and then having to yeah. deal with it medically, you know. And we'll, we'll get to that right now, right? Because right. we're getting to that part of our movie yeah virgin right yeah real yeah yeah
2: just real quick before we do of course you know the the tone shifts yet again from this really dark disturbing you know sequence we've been talking about to oh yeah then they all get crabs from the prostitute you know which (laughs) is like holy shit (laughs) You know, like gotta it's have pretty, that. Punch. It gets
0: pretty Benny Hill. Yeah, it you does know? it does. So it just. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm yeah. like crazy. Yeah, you know? I, I And I go, Mrs. Crabapple. I, I yeah, gotta, you yeah.
2: Know. right. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's
0: the tone is just all over the place in this I movie. Know. It but really that's what is. I'm saying, like because yeah. it got really sour uh, with the prostitute Very and the party. I keep harping on, but yeah. then yes, it goes back to the silly. Oh. Like there's no other way to interpret it. it's just like oh the boys got crabs, you know. Yeah.
2: No, and 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 you were saying about the party being drunk at the party too. That is also kind of ahead of its time too because I feel like that would become a trope, you that's know, into what I'm like saying. into like the super bad era or like exact- other you yes. know, movies like that, exactly you know, what I'm you 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 would you would see that. So and and that's like I almost kind of wish there were more scenes like that in this that's, script Yep, because like, you know, there's there's a lot of weird zany shit happening for z- zany crazy sake, but a scene mm-hmm. like him being drunk and embarrassing and humiliating himself at a party underscores his character. It develops his relationship that you know his you know his love with sure. with, with sure. Karen and everything. Mm-hmm. So I like I wish there w- was some more craft in those first half hour scenes because really when you put this movie on and you start watching it it feels like little vignettes that aren't even like you know in any sort of mm-hmm. linear narrative order right but um right. but it's all about you know sh- shout out to our episode we did probably oh, well over a year ago we did one fucking hour on um on lost highway shout out uh, oh, where we? I did not
0: know where you were going with this. <laughs> where where uh, we that's were not saying? Not what I expected. <laughs> well, we were saying. Go ahead, we sure were, you sure got the right movie?
2: <laughs> I do because we were we were saying we were big first twenty minutes guys with oh, that okay. movie. We were big okay. first thirders, you know, with uh, Lost Highway. Well, with mm-hmm. this movie, we're big last thirders. Um, mm-hmm. With this movie, mm-hmm. with Last American Virgin, and that's and that's really when this movie does take a full U turn. And like I said, it it starts to go into something more heartfelt, more more soulful, um, Mm -hmm. and it gets into that coming of age genre, more so than the romp, the sex romp stuff. And it really starts with, okay, so now his best friend Rick has slept with Karen and he's depressed. It's probably getting into that scene you were talking about, alone at the pizza shop. And Mm -hmm. then um, we overhear Gary seeing that there's something wrong between Karen and Rick and he's overhearing her say something to him. And of course, we learn that Karen is pregnant, which is a pretty that's a pretty wild, you know, thing to drop into this world. Right. That's like, okay, shit's getting serious now for the first time. The the consequences of all this frivolity, you know, right, right. Exactly. And so so then it's like this scene where then, you know, uh, Gary springs into action. And he's going to want to now he sees his, his opening to sort of help Karen with this. And it becomes very adorable where they pretend to go away on a ski trip. And, uh, you know, that's the cover for the parents. And then he basically. I love that. I love that yeah. they
0: make uh, a little domestic life. Yeah. That's a really nice touch. And I and yeah. like that's another sort of fantasy of like this film being different, like more about. um uh yeah. You know, this like young couple, high school kids having this like weird. Weekend of a made-up domestic life, like, hey, what's for breakfast? You know, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Your eggs
2: are getting cold. Yeah, what he says. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Totally. It's very, very adorable. Very coming-of-age movie type scene Mm -hmm. that you would see in that. Um, But at first, I was like, whoa, he's taking her to his. Grandmother's house is like a is like a safe house, and I was like, is it, "What is he going to perform like a home abortion? Like, what the fuck is going to happen next? You know, oh, <laughs> you know, like, because I was like, I'm going to take care of everything, and I was like, What the hell? Um, right. But we get this crazy scene, man. It's one of the craziest. Like, it kind of reminds me of The Visitor. Shout out to our episode on The Visitor a little bit, oh, okay. because it, it because it gets into a crazy montage that is right. intercutting. I, is this where really the U2 song plays, or am I tripping? It's I one think of these. So. I think it think, is.
0: Uh, uh, mm-hmm. U2's "I Will," I will is follow. This montage. I will follow. Yeah, I will follow. Yeah, will follow. yeah okay. it's, it's, it is. Yeah.
2: So, so U2 is playing while Homeboy is selling off his stereo at a pawn shop, while she's getting strapped into stirrups. You know, mm-hmm. and and then you know the, the rubber fucking, gloves
0: uh, are being
3: snapped. Right. Yeah, rubber Very gloves realistic.
0: are being snapped very and she's, like like very unfun
2: the anesthetic uh,
0: yeah 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 mm-hmm.
2: like and it gets grim again but it's like it's yeah. like really harsh she's weeping she's yes. she's totally nude and she's mm-hmm. getting
0: ready for this procedure she's just bawling her eyes out i know pretty intense f- man yeah <laughs> really
2: intense yeah yeah over like, that's a good I, it's a good
3: moment to mention that overall this film has a much higher bar of like filmmaking quality compared to a lot of these uh, films that are the same ilk, you know, um, not only, like, I think maybe partially because it's a revised version of a story, you know, doing it again. And then um, them thinking it was going to be a hit. So they invested money in it, you know, mm-hmm. so it's not just a cheap throwaway, you know, like right. uh, one crazy summer feels kind of cheap or whatever. Right. But, um, and um, God, I got at a third point, but I, I can't remember, but the cinematography looks good in this movie. Yeah. You know, it's, it's shot really well yeah, and it's, shout it's out pro. to, Adam Greenberg, who shot both Terminator movies Incredible. and got an Academy Award for shooting Terminator Two, yeah. so you know the DP of this movie is like a you know king shit DP too. Totally,
2: so. yeah, absolutely. So he they they go through with the abortion. That's when they get to Grandma's house and they play domestic mm-hmm. life, and then uh, so he's basically nursing her back. Um, also, gotta love when he shows up to the hospital, you know, with a bag of oranges and a small tree. You know, like, right, gotta love which that.
0: very foreign, it's it very is. like, uh, yeah. like, uh, yeah. it's what you yeah. do in the old country, yeah, through yeah. a bag of oranges, you know? yeah, right, which is so not yeah. like 1982 yeah. San Fernando Valley, as I keep not saying, not at all, not very at all. Weird. It would have been like chocolates or something, you know, totally. And so, then,
2: uh, nurses her back, uh, lets her sleep alone in the bed, he's not creeping on her at all. And he's, you know, goes to sleep on the couch. And you pointed out earlier before we started rolling the sad Christmas tree in the back. I love the sad Christmas tree. Yeah. That's a nice touch that they're having this weird,
0: sad Christmas after the abortion in dead grandma's apartment. It's very strange. And (sighs) uh, also, I got to say, I mean, he's not hitting on her, but he's giving no hint that he's really has not an ulterior motive, but he has Feelings. romantic is- interest in her. So, yeah. he, but he, that gets him immediately hard into the friend zone and she's making it clear basically that like, she's almost says like, you know, you're in the friend zone, like you've been a great friend to a me. friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this is proto. I mean, the term friend zone didn't even exist in 1982. I don't believe right. um, it happened. But I think like this is an early example of uh, friend zoning in. movies. Yeah. Am, am mm-hmm. I wrong?
2: No, it's a yeah, it's a friend zone horror film.
0: Yeah,
3: it's true. They do yeah. kiss at the end of that sort well, of sequence, yeah, right? Like, there's like I know she's tough. really friend zoning him, but I think that they they have kind of like a kiss, which I think gives him enough hope. Maybe but we see through it as the audience, does. you know, he because he's yeah. because well, we've been sort of repelled state. by his his longing glances at her through the movie are kind of repellent even for us. They I are, think, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, he just stares at I mean, her. She's like, in
0: a vulnerable place, you know. So like. He's not Mm -hmm. he's not manipulating her. He doesn't he means well across the board and he does care about her as a person. He likes her as a person. I can feel that. But Mm -hmm. like um, like she's in a very fragile emotional state. So, I mean, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if someone in that fragile moment uh, gets tender with someone, you know, but like he's making all that cloudy. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not just Mm -hmm. meeting and like, hey, we met at a party and I like you and let's go hang out and make out. It's like. He's trying to get romantic in this very intense, yeah, emotional situation, situation for her yeah, as a human being. Right, right. Emotional. So that's a little traumatic, kind of weird. She's like traumatized, but, he know. but yeah, all by exactly. all this, and he doesn't know any better. Well, he's like, young. Uh,
2: yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, but that in this moment, as you're talking about, he does profess his love. He comes out in the he, uh, you know out in the open and says, I, "I love you," and then there's this embrace and like in and the kiss and the whole thing, and that immediately brings him from zero to sixty. <laughs> and he goes to get a <laughs> heart locket engraved uh, for her birthday. Karen, eternal love, or whatever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that sets Go up. Put down all... homie. me. Yeah, I know. Yes. Settle down. Because this all then is building and building the stakes perfectly for this movie. It's building all the dramatic states for him to get his fucking. him and our guts punched by the end of this film. And so. Then he basically shows up to her birthday party. It's a big new wave dance party. And uh, he walks in. Where's Karen? Opens the kitchen door. And music cut. Great music cut there, too. And it goes bam. And he sees her making out again with fucking Rick, man.
0: And yeah. uh, I
1: did my best. <laughs> yeah. but I guess it was it's good.
0: Uh, it's crushing. And, it is. Um, yeah, it this is. This is a this is a movie scene where it's all about the faces. You know yeah. what I mean? And yes. um, they do a nice performance. Her, her and him. Amazing. And the director did a nice job. Nothing's overplayed. Uh, yeah. The subtle shock writ on his face. Her great close shock ups. at seeing him and 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 feeling for him. Uh, and feeling just sort of bad for him. Uh, but um, she communicates you know, a friends. lot, though, in right. that gesture that she
2: makes. She makes this gesture as if like it's a smile. It's like it's like a, I know I just broke your heart smile, but it's also like, you know, it's it's almost like an awareness that she did did him wrong. Not that like she should have yeah. ended up with him or anything. But like, it's a real, there are lots going on in that, in that little gesture that she I know. gives him, mm-hmm. uh, as one well, of the I final Well, I think shot. she also
0: might be thinking, uh, cause who knows where she's coming from kind of, and she did just have this traumatic thing. Like she, a part of her is probably thinking like, why am I back with this guy who's kind of a dick and he yeah. just got me pregnant and like shrugged. Yeah. Like, like she's probably feeling it's may- it's forcing her to maybe think for a second like, yeah, okay, like, I, I did yeah. choose Rick. Like, yeah. what am I choosing here? Yeah. You know, like, like a, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, but it also it's doesn't. It's very subtle. It, it's very subtle, know? but it it also doesn't feel, which I also appreciate about this movie, because you know, you w- anytime you watch these <laughs> these boner comedies, they are cultural artifacts from another time where other things were, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, more allowed and you know accepted mm-hmm, culturally yeah. than they are yeah. now, of course. But I, it, what's great about that ending and why I think it holds up the ending specifically is because it doesn't feel like a not like, a, <clears throat> I don't want to say men's rights, but it doesn't feel like, a, you know, oh, fuck that bitch. Uh, you know, she should have been with no, me. You know, it doesn't, no, it doesn't right. feel like, you know, like he's going to become a school shooter after that or anything. Like, it, 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 it feels like this is a lesson, you know, and this is yeah. a painful adolescent sort of learning moment, you know, that's formative, mm. that's going to make an impact. And what's great about it stylistically, and I think why people are even still talking about this movie today is. Um, and why it has a cult sort of following is because of that fucking great shot of him driving away the Mm -hmm. music's playing credits roll and that's like one of those hard 70s you know Mm -hmm. brutal endings that I love where like the the, the, movie uh, shouldn't end there but it does (laughs) right well no,
0: it shouldn't end there but also like you know, uh, I love when this happens when there's the unexpected sc- uh, credit scroll. I love it. Uh, because love that it. means, like, there's stories over. And you might have thought, like, there would be maybe a morning Apple scene. Luck. Like, you don't know yeah. this movie is going to end with him driving and staring off into the distance. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it could be, like, maybe there's a morning scene. Yeah. Maybe he talks to his mom. Maybe they talk. He and her talk a little bit later, right? You know, mm-hmm. Like, like, like. There's, yeah, there's no
3: resolution. You know, there's no yeah. after the the climax. There's no resolution. Yeah. And like, you see it,
0: someone. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say like the the credits is um, the final note struck, and mm-hmm. um, it's sort of like pencils down. You're not getting any more from this film. And yeah, that could be pretty intense in a moment like this. It because, is. Like what I'm saying is it's not unresolved, you know, I mean, life is unresolved. You never you're not going to watch this guy's entire life until he dies. Of course, that's that's not what movies are. But I'm saying that, like, um, it <clears> makes the us the film decided yeah. To end on. Yeah, it makes
2: Sorry, us I'm right. Like, oh, makes us sort of reflect. And be like, oh yeah. shit, that's it, man. Why is that it? Mm-hmm. Oh wow, fuck.
3: You know, it yeah, is a yeah. sad ending. And I mean, a lot of and other movies would give him like a second chance, like a, you know, like John Hughes, who would take this kind of template yeah. and refine it further really. into the '80s and make you know a teen, a teen rom comedy like Sixteen Candles, or uh, would gives the or like Pretty in Pink, you know, uh, John Cryer, Ducky. That character gets he gets turned down by Molly Ringwald, and it's a heartbreaking moment. But then he gets they they throw him another girl, like right. to be hopeful, like well, you know maybe there's well, some, maybe there's something for Ducky to be hopeful about. So like you know it feels yeah. like a little bit warmer, well, you know. The well, here's how this film that. could have
0: ended. Oh, just right. tiny, like like an experiment yeah. of like how this could have played out. And maybe yeah. let's say John Hughes would have handled it. <clears throat> right, he had that other girl in his life who was very interested in pursuing him. Side note. She's Twin a fucking peaks. receptionist from Twin Peaks, and that's yeah. what yes. Lucy from Twin that. Peaks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Anyway, so like, <laughs> yeah. the, like I could see maybe a John Hughes, or maybe a producer saying, "Can you like uh, give him another girl at the end?" Hello. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like well, I could see another film. Can I say he's driving? Oh, just yeah. tiny thing. He's driving. uh, he, uh She says, can I, "Can I get a ride?" You know, and then he starts talking with her, yeah. and that's the Hopi well, ending with the other well, girl, the blonde girl. And, and, that's yeah, why right, John,
2: right. And, and that's why John Hughes is super successful, because he knows that that's going to bring the box office, an ending like that, make people feel good by the end of it. We've sold this as a comedy, we don't want them walking away all depressed. And um, But then again, that's why this movie is timeless, and why, well, in some respects. That's why the ending is timeless, and that's why we talk about yes. it to this day, because it's very yes. bold. And it's like Blowout from last week. Shout out. Again, another ending that was not good for box office of its time, but is an ending we still talk about. And so I think, um, so kudos to them for being that bold. I mean, it's a low budget movie. They can get away with it. But still, it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, you you don't really see endings like that. Um, It kind of reminds me of why I like movies, 70s movies to begin with. It's like a movie like Rolling Thunder kind of ends unexpectedly. Like, okay, he's killed all the people that have wronged him. You know, the second that he's killed—spoiler alert! Everybody that's wronged him, credits roll. It's done. There's no epilogue because the movie's not about yeah. anything else. It's not yeah. about his relationship with that woman. It's about him getting revenge. Right. And this right. movie is about his heart being broken. 70s that's endings about- are
0: savage, you know. Yeah, often. And it this is. This is definitely more like. And just to just to very briefly go back to Lemon Popsicle, it's weird. It's online on YouTube. Look at the last scene of Lemon Popsicle, and it's the same everything mm-hmm. shots tonality great performance the kids really good um, they're about as good um, you know the revelation yeah. of him seeing her embracing the other guy in the kitchen um, yeah. but it's and also the music cue goes from like little Richard to like uh, Paul Lonely. Anchor,
3: Mr. Lonely. I'm so lo- Mr. Right. Lonely. so all
0: I'm saying is like like that is a yeah. 70s ending in a 70s movie importantly my point here is in a foreign film because happy endings is very America Disneyland like if I was a French asshole intellectual I'd be like all you people want a Mickey Mouse romance (laughs) comedy (laughs) ending you know like that kind of thing but that is true America doesn't like bummer endings
2: no 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 and and this movie that's what sets it apart man that's what makes it super unique is that it has This crushing ending that does kind of... It feels very, for lack of a better term, foreign. You know, for the types of comedies that we're seeing, it doesn't feel normal, and I think it's boldness. It would never...
0: Is there any film of this kind of silly 80s comedy that even resembles... No, this ending. There's no. no ending up. The creek doesn't end with like a murder, suicide or anything, <laughs> for instance, you know? Yeah.
2: yeah. No, no, no. I think. And, and that's what that's what gives it this this film, its reputation and why people talk about it as underrated. It's a gem, you know, so yeah. on and so forth. But it's tough, man. I was showing this to Rami, and I was like, no, just 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 come on, just stick with it, stick oh, really? with it, you know, right, and right, she right. was just so uh disturbed by the movie mainly it's right. low production value i think freaked her out the most okay. was that this mm. was kind of a like icky like depraved low budget feeling God, she's not gonna more... like hard
3: bodies no <laughs> she needs the sheen
2: you <laughs> know? this is too low budget for yeah, her yeah yeah but it was just right. funny um it's funny so but anyway yeah. that's it but, guys but hang in
0: there stick it you know if you haven't seen, yeah it, stick around because it is worth yeah, it in the last half. It
2: is. The last third, man. Last third. It's all about the last third. Killer. All right. And boom. All right. There you go. That was one fucking hour on Last American Virgin, y'all. You and picked Barely it. enough
3: time. Again, that's nuts. You know, like I always think, like, oh, God, how are we going to talk about Last American Virgin I know. for a whole Like, hour. on paper, I'm like, I got <laughs> yeah.
0: 10 minutes on Last American Virgin. And we're all like, fighting <laughs> at the end to get it work. No, I'd love <laughs> to talk about more. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, driving and crying, you know.
2: Yeah. We didn't uh, really get into, which we we're not going to cheat here, but one of the things we no, no. did sort of pregame that we were going to talk about was how did, how did films get to, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. boner comedies, and we kind of forgot about that. But okay, whatever. That's right. That just shows to, to, goes to show you, man. You got the hour. We got to get it all in. That's it. But um, y'all voted for that one, um, so I appreciate you guys picking that one. Uh, and now we are moving into, drum roll, our last film of the yeah. summer series. Before we Damn. hit October, Damn. I can't fucking believe it, guys.
0: It's been like how many? Fifteen of these? Uh, I was gonna say. Remember way back when, <laughs> when we picked uh, your you guys picked like fucking uh, point blank targets. 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 <laughs> yeah, like we yeah. went from targets to Last American Virgin. You know. Yeah. God. Is that like five months ago
3: or something? Five years ago. No.
2: (laughs) It was, well, we started episode in episode 67. So you do the math. That was 15 weeks ago. So Uh 15 weeks ago, it's over three months. It's been like three and a half, four months of this this whole experiment. So Mm -hmm. this is it, guys. Next week is going to be the last one um, for episode 83. We're going to do a movie from 1983, which you'll vote on. We'll get into that shortly here. Um, but then after after next week's episode, guys, we're into October. And you know what that means. It's time once again for one, one fucking October. October. And we're going to be getting into <laughs> our horror movie marathon. Um, talking about horror flicks. Probably some pretty obscure, wild, crazy ones. And I know we're going to do a bunch of bonus shows on the Patreon as well during that month. So if you're not signed up right now, patreon.com slash one fucking hour or scroll down under the video, click join, become a goddamn moment. Because we're going to do a lot of after hours discussions uh, about horror movies, maybe genres, broad topics, things like that, more lists maybe. And that's only going to be available there. So you'll want to check that out. But we're going to announce the four flicks that we'll be covering for one fucking Tober on next week's episode. So... You won't want to miss that. But let's talk about, guys, what is next week's episode going to be? So you've been with us now for 15 weeks. So all you you know that you have to go. If you're watching this in the first 24 hours of this episode airing, you head over to our uh, Instagram page at one fucking hour. Click on the stories and you can vote on one of these four movies from 1983 and make sure you get it in because this is the last poll we are doing probably for the year, guys until we do another kind of poll-related, adjacent project. <clears throat> so here's your last chance to vote. Here we go. You ready? So we're going to tell you these four films we've picked from 1983. You And we'll tell you a little bit about what an episode might be like, and then you get up there and vote. So, Tom, what would one fucking hour be like on Scarface? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well,
0: it's Scarface. It's uh, De Palma again. It's Pacino. It's very tread upon territory ultimate dorm room uh, poster ultimate dorm room movie. poster movie uh <laughs> say hello those. to my little friend <laughs> <you know? laughs> but i'll say this much just my perspective i yeah. saw this film 300 times on cable. me too yeah me and my friends in in school would just walk around and go yeah. and like uh Her womb is so polluted, you know. Like we just like recite insane, obscure lines. Like my point is, I know every second of this film, and there's the big things that everybody remembers. That's very funny, yeah. You know, campy. But there's all these small weird things that still aren't good. It's still total trash. It's trash. It's it's epic trash. Oliver Stone wrote it too. Yeah, but uh, epic trash. But I just know it so well. It's such a warm blanket for me, and there's so many strange weird campy things about it that I'd love to just chat about. Yeah, Yeah. Scarface is a Scarface, man.
2: I think that's probably what our approach would be is we would have to only devote time to the underappreciated camp uh, moments that aren't the big set pieces. Um, But I have to concur. I've seen Scarface hundreds of times. I watched it so much as a kid. Oh my God, I love this movie. (laughs) I mean, you know. Hello, Hello, Marta. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> Does everybody know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I do, I do, and I uh, it's 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 it, it really is. Again, yeah, it's comfort food. It's campy, warm yeah. comfort food. So very excited it's fun. to. It, it is, is fun so as fun. Hell, it's fun yeah. as hell. It's not good though. Let's not get it no. twisted. It's not good, <laughs> but not we're all. gonna we're gonna have fun with it. Um, so yeah. Anyway. There you go. That's option number one. Option number two, Marcus. We audibled into this one. I don't know if you know that we put this on the poll or not, but oh well. I'm sure you'll be down. <clears throat> um, how about one fucking hour and get crazy?
3: Oh gosh. Okay. Uh, yeah, love it. Uh, it's I don't. It's an all-nighter movie, right? It is. And, uh, uh, I, I believe that that was the context that Tom screened it in. The first time I saw it, it was years oh, ago yeah. during that. Um, it's another kind of screwball '80s. Uh, late late seventies, sorry, screwball late seventies, youthful comedy, right? Well, there's all you kinds mentioned of wacky. Director elements.
0: earlier, you mentioned one of the films by the director of Get Crazy earlier.
3: Yeah, well, yeah. we did before oh, we recorded, Rock and Roll High School. School. We did oh, before right, we Rock and Roll. Media. Okay, right. Alan it's got Arcush. very similar vibes. Right, right. Anarchist. It's got very similar vibes to Rock and Roll High School. Um, yeah, great music. I just remember um, the soundtrack's really killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, I can't remember much about it. Honestly, it's a great movie though. Uh, there's yeah. the sort of ghostly alien drug dealer guy that pops in and out throughout the movie. Yeah, uh, it's uh, very Electric fun. Larry is Electric be the Larry. too. Right. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, it's 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 a lot of fun. Uh, and um, yeah, it's like uh, yeah, like it has it has a it has parodies of punk. It has yep. parodies of old hippies. Yep. you know, it has like a, you know Flo and Eddie from the Zappa people. Uh, doing like right. a fake version of like old burnt out stoners in the <laughs> <Yeah>. nineteen three <193 laughs> version of that, yeah, but yeah. then also it has like punk as Lee Ving being like the ultimate oh, love punk hate. dirtbag, like uh, Gigi Allen, this taker yeah, yeah. thing. It's just it's a campy comedy uh, about um, pop culture, rock and roll, and like the underground lifestyle. You know what it is? It's the movie of that thing I always refer to, which is the huge oversized glasses and the multicolored afro
1: <laughs> of the
0: assistant. <laughs> Hold on, of the assistant in Talk's talk radio, right Stu. It's, it's, yeah. it's like I always get it, it's like rock and roll business. Like this film is about like rock and roll business. Like,
1: mm-hmm. hey man,
0: roll me into the joint and let's get on the soundboard and like, uh, yeah. you know, light yeah. my fire. You know, it's like, <laughs> and 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 I, and I I've gotten to know Alan Arkish and like he he's from that world of like. Um, yeah. Like you're in business and your 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 trade is 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 steeped in like a crazy rock and roll <laughs> lifestyle which is full of drugs, yep. random sex, danger mm. and fun, you know? Get yeah, crazy yeah. is great. Get get
2: crazy. So one fucking hour on Get Crazy uh that's number 2. Option number 3 <clears throat> is a movie. I know Marcus, you also really love this movie and I watched it actually for the first time um I think it was earlier this year or late last year. I had never seen it before mainly because it's it has an iconic moment in it that um <laughs> made me that I was well versed in and and familiar with and kind of put me off to not seeing it. But
3: then
2: yeah. Oh. Dan, 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 dan,
3: dan, 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 dan.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Off the shelf. All <laughs> yeah, right, Exactly. But I did sit down and watch this movie, and I was kind of blown away it's cool. uh, for how cool it is. And, we're, of course, we're talking about One Fucking Hour on Risky Business. Um, oh, I love it. Um, yeah. yeah take I it think away. It's,
3: I, th- I think it took take, take sort of the genre that we've been talking about tonight, actually, mm-hmm. like a, a kind of a boner teen comedy, and elevated it. like another level it almost becomes its own vibe you know um uh it's got a great soundtrack by tangerine dream that really owns the tone and people have been knocking it off for the last 20 years that kind of propulsive Mm -hmm. synth tone and hot cars and in the 1980s you know i ripped it off myself other people did you know and um Yeah, it's got great uh, comedic appearances by some 80s it nerds like Bronson Pinchot from Balky Partacomos from uh, Perfect Strangers. And then Curtis Armstrong, who was in Better Off Dead and also in um, Moonlighting. You know, he's just in Revenge of the Nerds, just an ultimate 80s goobers. And then, of course, yeah, it's a great Tom Cruise performance. He's super charming in it. Rebecca we love Tom Cruise here. <laughs> <We're sultry. laughs> like, I actually we don't mind I, be, hate on Tom Cruise. <laughs> because I like this movie so much, I don't really have that that negative opinion on him that much, you know, despite all the controversies and stuff. I I Because I always liked this movie, I always yeah. had kind of a positive association yeah. with him. But so hey, I like Arnold Schwarzenegger like too. I'm an 80s kid. Sweet
1: mama
0: you know? baby. Sweet mama baby <laughs> cherry. you so much in the Magnolia iteration. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Respect yeah. the chick. mama baby. <laughs> I just pretend yeah. that mama.
3: doesn't exist. But yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, but, right on. Hey, look, Tom Cruise... Uh, there's it's a time when he became a superstar, and this is yeah. where he became a superstar. This film. It is. Yeah. Rebecca I mean, Mornay
3: is awesome in this movie, too. Totally. Yeah. I think it's just got, it's got, it's oozing with style.
2: You know, it's, it, it's, it's is, a peak yeah. 80s, it's style. So 80s style. It's so Well yeah. shot, too. The movie is incredibly well shot. Yeah. So we're going to get into
3: literary, that. like literary adaptation or something, you know, the very narration much. that flows through. It's got mm-hmm.
2: almost like a book quality or something. I mean, very, it's true. very, very, very much. <clears throat> so we'll get into that. If that's option number three, if Risky Business wins, Option number four, though, is a biggie. Um, It is returning to uh, our man, David Cronenberg. We've covered one of his movies. Shout out to The Brood. We did uh, a long time ago now, probably about last year. Um, But we're getting into his big film from this year, 1983, Videodrome, guys. One fucking hour. And this movie, oh, man, big, formative, chunky movie for me, man. I mean, James Woods. Doing James his Woods thing in La yeah. <laughs> channel eighty three, dude. Channel eighty three. I mean, again, we we talked about with last week with blowout the sort of exploitation film company posters on the walls. Yes. I mean, this is another one of those great. But This is
0: even cooler. It is than like kind of like your your mom's old like seventies like exploitation yeah. movie <laughs> grindhouse movie place. Yeah. It's a fucking rock and roll, mm-hmm. dirt bag, sex mm-hmm. and violence cable channel. Mm-hmm. Like world, I love that. That so actually, good. when I was a kid, I was like, "What the hell am I going to do with my life when I become an adult?" I was like, well, "How does this work?" Because I was yeah. like, I, well, "I'm not going to be a doctor," but I was just like, "What if I'm just like, like work at like a weird fucked up sex and violence, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, like mid, it's all midnight movies, yeah." And anyway,
1: so
2: yeah, uh, no, it it it's is, great. No, and, and, no, and, no I, yeah, no, you're right because it's like <clears throat> that. That there's that one scene in the movie when you know james woods is getting like new like, like he's getting the videodrome tape from the woman or whatever Samurai and it's like, dreams yeah and he's like oh yeah he's like uh what is it Huh? what is it you know and it's like this guy to be in that position you know to be given all these this content to put on your channel yeah. is like very he's seductive a buyer for yeah. like sludge yeah like like yeah.
0: emmanuel yeah. part five in yeah space kind of you, wanna, stuff. you wanna, and then he's like, you want to take a shower with me later or what?
2: You know, it's like, God, this is sleaze. Yeah,
0: Debbie Harry's in it. Debbie but, Harry. Uh, I got to say, remember I said Scarface, me and my friends would walk around school and recite lines of dialogue. We did that with this movie, too. Yeah. Like, we would do entire scenes. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like, um, like, uh, right. Business reasons. Sure. You know, like uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Brian Oblivion and Brian Oblivion. Like, uh, man. like uh, didn't affect you because you didn't watch it. You know, yeah. Um, steve patrone that's what i'm saying right right Uh, uh, so america's becoming soft the rest of the world's becoming very tough Mm -hmm. certainly Mm -hmm. that's what you were saying Mm -hmm. for right uh love this movie it's very fun yeah it is it's not good in my opinion but it's very fun it is it is
2: it is it is is, um i i kind of know what you mean we'll get into it it kind of gets to my sort of cronenberg paradox um, yeah, in terms of they all have that a
1: little bit. Yeah, like the good he's ones. a yeah, <laughs>
2: they do. We're, we're gonna get into the Cronenberg paradox, um, but uh, yeah. So that th- there's your four options, guys. One fucking hour on Scarface, Get Crazy, Risky Business, or Videodrome. The final poll of the summer series. This is great. I can't wait. So get up there now at one fucking hour on the Instagram page click on the stories and get your vote in because this is going to be the last one before we go into one fucking Tober month. And then we're not going to unveil it here or anytime soon. Well, at the end of October, we got another month program we're going to be getting into even after the horror month that I'm even
1: more excited about. Program crazy. We're going to be
2: program crazy going forward. So get ready for all that shit. But I think that's it, guys. Um, You know, but of course, we can't leave you... Uh, without your mama of Zen. Alright, everybody. Have a good rest of your week. And we will see you for the last ep of the summer series next yeah. week for uh, 1983. So get your votes in. Alright, everybody. Take care and we will see you soon. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.
1: I tried my best.
3: But I guess it wasn't good enough for you to be
2: Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef.
1: That was wicked, man.